listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear great ideas, insight, and inspiration to level up your leadership ability. Hey guys, it's John Barrett once again on the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in for another episode today. We are going to help level you up so you don't level out in your influence and your impact and your leadership ability. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, We are going to have some great content today. So remember, you can download the leader guide at johnbarrettleadership.com. If you go there and find the podcast, you can go to each episode, and there's a leader guide that goes with each one where it's got some fill-in-the-blanks. It's got some of the content that we cover here in each episode. Uh, So I would love for you to get that to follow along with and just to have some references Uh, for the content that we're covering. And you can go back to all the other episodes and check those out as well. So today, I want to talk about five steps to solve any problem. You see, we are going to talk about how to solve problems. We're going to unpack that today because problem solving is your responsibility as a leader. In fact, in every job description of any leader in any organization should be problem solver almost at the very top. In fact, I might even argue that no matter where you're at in the organization, from top to the bottom positionally, your job description should have somewhere in there, if not at the very top, somewhere in there, a problem solver. Because that's what it takes to be successful. That's what it takes to go to the next level is to be a great problem solver. You see, anyone can tell you that there's a problem, but solving a problem is a whole other thing. It's a whole new level. I mean, there are many people that can tell you that there's a problem. There's very few that can solve the problem. And the the better you are at solving problems, the more valuable you become. The more valuable you become to the organization, the more valuable you become to those around you. And your value in in your role and your responsibilities is literally tied to your ability to solve problems. If you can't solve problems, your value is not going to be very high to the organization and to others around you in terms of a team player and in terms of what you're able to bring to the table. Now, you've got to understand that if you're going to go to the next level in your life and your leadership, you've got to be a great problem solver. Now, listen, it's the difference between being a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer can only read the temperature, right? I mean, it just tells you what what the temperature is. I mean, right now, you know, in this room that I am, it feels pretty good. It's probably around 68, 70 degrees, something like that. And the thermometer just tells you that. It doesn't have the ability to change it. It doesn't have the ability to influence the environment or the situation. It only tells you what it is. I think a lot of people are like a thermometer. I mean, they, they tell you that there's problems, but they don't have any kind of ideas or advice or any input to, to change it, to make it better. And listen, if you want to know that you've got a leader in your organization, give them a problem and see if they come to you with a solution or if they're just a thermometer and they just read the temperature. Now, the thermostat, on the other hand, that's something different. A thermostat has the ability to change the environment. It can read the temperature and it can change the temperature. So I want to ask you, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? Are you surrounded by thermometers or thermostats in your organization? And if it's only thermometers where people are just reading that there's a problem and just kind of complaining and just kind of saying, hey, we got issues here, but nobody's a thermostat being able to change the environment, you may have a problem scaling. 
you're going to have a problem moving into the future and being more successful because if you don't have thermostats around you, then you're never going to be able to have problem solvers. And if you don't become a thermostat, then you're not going to have the ability to solve problems and be valuable. One of my favorite authors, uh, um, Dr. Malcolm Maltz, said this. He said, we are built to conquer environment, solve problems, achieve goals, and we find no real satisfaction or happiness in life without obstacles to conquers, to conquer and goals to achieve. I love that. I mean, we're built. I love what he said. We're built to conquer the environment, to solve problems, to achieve goals. And we're never going to find satisfaction or happiness unless we conquer and we achieve and we sort of overcome. So again, if you want to be fulfilled in life, be a problem solver right? Big problems are what great people face. Small problems are what average people face. No problems are what lazy people face. Listen, problems are good. It's okay. The only thing worse than having problems is having no problem at all. I mean, that's a problem, right? Not having a problem is a problem. If you aren't having problems in your organization, you're probably not pushing hard enough. You're not growing. You're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere if you don't have issues. Issues are not a sign of bad leadership. Issues are a sign of growth and being able to make things better. In fact, you cannot grow and make things better unless you have problems to solve. And the greater that you can solve that problem, the greater the potential. So I want to challenge you today. I want to help you, and I'm going to give you five steps. we got a lot we're going to unpack here, so I'm going to move quick, all right? It's going to be like the, 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 the fire hose of content today. So five ways to solve any problem, five steps to solve any problem today. And if you'll follow these, and these are sequential. I mean, these are in order from one to five. So you've got to follow this. So you can, you know, follow along in the leader guide, write this down. I mean, even if you just write down one, two, three, four, five, and have it in a sticky note or somewhere where you can look at it and see it, because this is important. This will help you to solve any problem. It'll help you to deal with it. So here we go. Number one is you got to deal with yourself. You cannot deal with a problem until you deal with yourself first. If you are not in the best place to deal with the problem, then you're only going to make the problem worse. And I think there's a lot of people that are making problems worse because they're not bringing their best self to the problem. They're angry. They're upset. They have an emotional knee-jerk reaction to the problem. And as a result, they're clouded and, and, and they're confused and, and, and they're acting out of emotion and sort of subjectivity instead of being objective and acting out of, of logic, and I don't mean that in the sense of sort of robotic without emotion, but I just mean the ability to be objective in your approach. So I want to tell you, you've got to deal with yourself. Remember this, that successful people have problems. They just don't allow their problems to have them. And there is a big difference between having problems and your problems having you. I think many people don't solve problems well because their problem has them. They're not able to back away from that thing and really bring their best self to it. So if you want to be a good problem solver, you first have to deal with yourself. You've got to look in the mirror and you've got to make sure that you deal with your response to the problem before you deal with the problem. Because the problem is sometimes us. We bring a problem to the problem because we're the problem that we're bringing to the problem. Are you with me? 
So here's the deal. I want you to follow what I call the triple R plan. Now, you've heard of triple A, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, if you break down somewhere, call triple A. They'll come and they'll help you out and pick you up. If you have a breakdown and you have a problem, I want you to call triple R. The triple R plan is what I want you to follow. And here's the three things I want you to think about when it comes to dealing with yourself. Retreat, refuel, and then resume. All right, let's break it down. Number one is retreat. The triple R plan. Retreat. I mean, when there is a problem, you need to retreat, you need to back away from that thing, and you need to be careful that you don't get so caught up in it. Now, I want you to do something for me wherever you're at. If you're driving, be careful with this. Don't 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 get in a wreck or something, okay? But if you're somewhere safe, do this. I want you to take your, your hand and, and just kind of put it out flat and put it right up against your nose. Go ahead and do it. I know this is weird. I know you're listening to this, and you're like, I don't have to do that. I'm just listening. Listen, put your hand right up against your nose. Now, if you do that and you've got your full palm up there against your nose, then you can't see anything around that. I mean, you it's just like your vision is blurred. All you see is that hand because you're so close to it. But if you back that thing away two feet, now look at it. Now you see all around it. You see your hand, but you also see all around it. You see all kinds of other things. And it's just like this when we're dealing with a problem. Sometimes we are so close to the problem that we our nose is right up against it emotionally and maybe even tact, uh, tactically. We're right up against that problem. And as a result, we can't see around it. It just seems insurmountable, huge, like there is no way to get around this thing because we're too close to it. You've got to retreat. You've got to back away from the problem. All right, that means maybe you need to take a break. I had a, a, a guy that I coach, he calls it the 24-hour rule. Whenever there is an issue, unless it has to be dealt with immediately, then he says, I'm going to give myself 24 hours to think about it, to sit back. And he even says that. He says, listen, we're going to deal with this within 24 hours, but I need time to process, think, and back away from it before we come back and we start to kind of dive into how we're going to solve this. So number one is retreat. Number two, refuel. That means you've got to do something to kind of get back into a good place and all that. So whatever you've got to do in a healthy way, maybe it's take a walk. Maybe it's go and take your mind off something and, and put it on something else. I remember Thomas Edison talking that whenever he had a problem that he would face, he would go and take a nap, literally. He had a chair that he would take a nap in, a specific one. And he said inevitably, usually when he woke up from that 20-minute nap, he would have a, 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 the solution to the problem. So sometimes you've got to just walk away. You've got to take a walk. You've got to kind of do something inspirational. Do something to kind of refuel your, your tank, whatever it may be. And then number three, resume. And don't resume back to the problem until you've done steps one and two, retreat and refuel. Then resume with your best self. But do not resume unless you are in a good place where you're able to really think about this thing and not be so emotionally attached to it. So number one, deal with yourself. Number two step is identify the problem. You've got to identify what the problem is. Listen, Charles Kettering, the famous inventor, said this, a problem well stated is half solved. I love that line. I use that all the time. A problem well stated is half solved. If you can define the problem and identify what is the real problem behind the problem, and usually it's a problem behind the problem, that's the problem, right? It's something else. It's not the symptom. It's the root. And if you can uh, uh, state the root, if you can identify and discover the root, then you're already halfway to solving this thing. So you've got to ask yourself, why does the problem exist? Instead of just dealing with the problem, back up a little bit and say, wait a minute, where does the pro why does the problem exist? 
And you've got to get there because if you're never you're never going to be able to solve problems unless you identify the problem well. I see many teams, and I work with a lot of teams that they're trying to solve problems, but they're they haven't identified what they really are, and so they're not really getting anywhere because they're just at the surface. They're at the symptom. They're not getting to the root. So I want you to get to the root. Now, here's some ways you can do that. I want you to, to either follow one of two things. Whenever you're facing an issue, when, when, it, when it comes to things that are going on, there, there's kind of one of two ways you can look at this. I call it fences and hams. Fences and hams. So let me tell you two stories. There, there's an old farming principle uh, that says this. Don't go tear down a fence until you figure out why it was put up in the first place. Okay, so don't go tearing fences down. This is hard for new leaders. When you come into a new organization, you're fired up, you're excited, or you take over a new department, or you get leveled up to a new position. I mean, you just want to go in and clean house, get things done, right? I mean, you want to create change and all this, take it to the next level. So our, our temptation is just to go tear down fences, especially if they look old and they're kind of rotted and they're kind of half fallen over anyway. We think, hey, we need to get rid of these fences. But you've got to ask yourself, why does the fence exist You've got to identify that because, listen, you've got to identify, is it because it, it's it's keeping something in and holding it back? Those kind of fences need to be tore down. If it's holding the, the growth back and you're not able to expand, that's one thing. But that fence may be keeping something out. It may be keeping the bull out of the pasture, right? It may be protecting you. So you got to be careful. Just Don't just start tearing down fences all the time. you got to ask yourself, why does the fence exist? Why do we do it this way? Why has it always been done that way? What is this process? Why do we deal with it this way? Why is this issue going on? And figure out if the fence is limiting you by keeping you from growing in the greater things or if it's protecting you, keeping bad things from getting in. So is it a fence? The other thing is the ham. And here's a good story for you. There, there was a story of a newlywed couple, uh, husband and wife, and at their first Thanksgiving, uh, the, the wife and, and husband said, let's get a ham. This is great. We used to do this growing up. The wife said, so she got a ham. She cut off the end of it, just a big old chunk, and she put it in the oven. The husband looked at it, and he said, why did you cut the end off the ham? And she said, well, that's how you cook hams. He said, oh, my gosh, I never knew. She said, yeah. And he said, well, well why do you cut the end off the ham, if you don't mind me asking? She said, well, I don't know. That's just what my mom did. That's what you're supposed to do. That's how you're supposed to cook them. So he said, well, you know, let's get to the bottom of this thing. So they called the mom up. They said, hey, mom, why do uh, we cut the end off a ham when you cook it? She said, well, because my grandma did. That's how I was taught. You're supposed to cut the end off the ham. It's important. It's how you cook it. They said, all right. So they said, well, let's get grandma on the phone. So they called grandma up. They said, grandma, why do we cut the end off of a ham when we, a ham when we cook it? She said, oh, well, that's easy. My oven was too short. Hello. Right? I mean, you know, the grandma's oven was too short. She had to cut it off in order to fit the ham in. But yet we've just kept doing it that way because that's what we've always done. Right? And it's a ham. It just, we need to stop doing it. And we need to go back to the root and figure out why we're doing it this way. So I want to challenge you identify the problem. If you're going to solve problems, you got to know is it a fence? Is it keeping us from going somewhere? Is it something that, that, that is protecting us? Is it a ham? Is it just something we've always done and we just need to stop doing it because there was no purpose whatsoever in it at all? It was because of a, 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 it was a solving a problem from long ago, but it's not solving the problem anymore. In fact, it's creating a bigger problem now because of the way that we're doing it. So identify the problem. Number three step is this, bring others in. Get outside voices inside the conversation. I mean, think about this thing. Uh, you you got to bring others in. If you're going to solve problems, you can't do it alone. 
I mean, stop being this creative Rambo, right? Rambo that's trying to like take on the world by yourself. Listen, we weren't designed for that. Collaboration breeds creativity. If you want to solve problems, you got to get outside voices inside the conversation. That means you got to get perspective. You got to find other people that can speak into this. Maybe even people that are outside of the problem. Maybe from a different department or something like that that can look into the situation objectively. This is why having a coach and this is why people bring me into their organization a lot is so that I can be bring a different perspective to the situations and really help because they're getting an outside voice inside the conversation. Listen, great leaders get the right people in the right room to have the right conversations. And as a result, they get the right answers. They get the right solutions. Listen, collaboration breeds creativity. You've got to bring people into this thing. And I want you to make sure that you get the right people in. Don't just bring anybody in. Bring the right people in that can speak into the situation, that can look at it objectively. Sometimes you got to bring people in that aren't so close to the problem, where their their nose is right up against the problem, like we said earlier, where they're so close to it that they 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 can't see solutions. Maybe you got to bring some perspective in, but get other people involved in it. Stop trying to pr- solve problems by yourself. Never solve problems alone. That should be the mantra of you and a great leader's mantra is never solve problems alone. Do not take on the world and the problems by yourself. Again, you're not Rambo. Stop trying to be him. There was only one and he did it really well. But you cannot do it, right? And that's for the movies anyway. That's like fiction. That's not real life. It takes a team. It takes multiple people. So I want to challenge you. If you want to solve problems, you better collaborate. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. All right, sorry. All right, that was terrible. Anyway, listen, bring others in to the conversation, all right? Number three step is this. Stay with it. Stay with the problem. Listen, I see a lot of teams that I'm involved in and and people that I help, and whenever a problem arises in their organization or their team or whatever it is, they just want to throw it away. Well, it's a problem. Something's wrong with it. Get rid of it. Get, Get it out of here. And instead of sticking with the problem and finding solutions and opportunities within the problem, we're so quick to just want to solve it and get rid of it and throw it out. But listen, you got to stick with a problem. Don't be quick just to throw away problems and and find fast, quick solutions when it's not the best solution. You've got to stay with it for a minute. Listen, Einstein, Albert Einstein was interviewed one time and they asked him, why are you so smart? Why are you smarter than everyone else? What is it about you? Then Einstein stopped and and he responded and he said, it's not that I'm so smarter. He said, I just stick with problems longer than anybody else. Wow. Drop the mic, right? I mean, wow. It's not that I'm so much smarter. I just stick with problems longer than anyone else. When everybody else abandons the problem because they've hit a wall or they're frustrated, they're upset and they just give up. He said, I just simply stick with it. I, I just, I'm tenacious. I just, I don't, I don't stop. I just stick with the problem until I solve it. I I love that. And I want to challenge you. If you're going to be a great problem solver, you've got to be okay with with, uh, being uncomfortable with a problem for a little bit and maybe sticking with it and getting into the, the why it's there and identifying it like we talked about, bringing others into the conversation and, and that, but stay with it. Listen, uh, solutions are progressive. Rarely do you just find the solution because you had a conversation or an idea. 
Usually solutions are progressive, meaning that you get one idea that leads to another, that leads to another, that leads to another, that leads to another, that finally leads to the solution. But it's progressive solutions, right? You, you don't just find solutions, you create them. You, you, you don't just sit around in a room and say, okay, we got to solve this problem. And then somebody throw out something and say, yeah, that's it. Great. Sounds awesome. I mean, rarely does that happen. I mean, maybe every now and then it happens, but it's a, it's a rarity because you don't find solutions. You create them. And if you know anything about creativity and creating things, it doesn't start in its full maturity. It starts very kind of embryonic. It starts very simple, little, small, and it's just an idea. And then it kind of gets some some flavor to it. It gets some ideas, some legs, some wings. It starts to grow a little bit. And all of a sudden now you've got this really great thing, but it didn't start there. Right? I do a lot of artwork and painting and things like that. And, and you know, you start with the furthest layer back. I mean, you just start with, you know, a, a basic kind of sky, just blue and some different values. And then you go to the next level. Then you go to the next layer. Then you go to the next layer. And that's how it works with anything. So remember that you've got to stay with the problem. Allow the problem just to marinate a little bit so that you can think about it. No, I understand there's some problems we got to solve fast and quick, but even at that, I would say make sure that you are patient through the process. Even it has to be a quick decision, don't make it any quicker than it needs to be, right? I mean, you know, who was it that I can't remember that it might have been Einstein or, you know, Edison or one of these famous inventors, but, you know, the idea was um, uh, 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 be quick, but not in a hurry. Right. Something along those lines. You may know the quote, but, you know, be quick, but not in a hurry. Right. It's like, you know, be, be fast, but don't rush. I mean, don't go and kind of trip over yourself and make the wrong solution because you were just so eager to make one. All right. So stick with it. I think about Pixar. There's a great book, uh, Creativity Incorporated. Uh, um, Creativity Inc. is what it is. INC period. And uh, Ed Catmull, the the I forget his exact title, but he was really a part of Pixar and the creation of that in the early stages and the design process and te- building teams and all of that. And he wrote a great book. If you like Pixar and kind of those stories, you're going to love this book because he rolls back the curtain um, in such a cool way on all these great stories from Pixar and where they came from, but in a way that you're also going to learn about teamwork and innovation and business and growth. It's just a great book for your team to even go through. But uh, one of the things that I thought was so interesting is to hear the backstory of, of like, Toy Story. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks' character, Woody, right? We, we all love Woody. What a great, lovable character. Well, when they actually first designed Woody and in their first test runs of, of some of their screenings, Woody was, like, the antagonistic kind of jerk, you know, kind of character and stuff. And he, he didn't get good reviews from the audience. They did not like the character. He was frustrating, all this stuff. So they went back and changed him into the Woody that we know today, this lovable kind of guy. Well, it never even started that way. In fact, they went so far into the process where they're designing things and testing things and putting animation to things, making dialogue. They spent hours and hours, if not probably months, just doing that in order to go back and scrap it. So I want to challenge you that stick with the problem. All right. I mean, test it. And, and, and remember, you've got to create solutions. You don't just find them. So stick with the problem and stay with it. Number five is this. Make a decision. The fifth step is make a decision. Once you've done all these, all right, once you've done step one and you've, you know, deal with yourself Two, identify the problem, get to the root. Three, bring others in to the, to the problem solving process. Three, stay with it. Don't be in a hurry, but stick with it. And then the last one is make the decision, make a decision. 
Listen, you've got to get a result to improve a result. I see many people that the reason that they're not solving their problems is because they're looking for the perfect answer, the perfect solution, and they won't make a decision until they get there. And as a result, they never make a decision. I mean, you know this to be true in your organization. There are decisions that are still out there that have not been made, and you're thinking, what is going on? Why is this so difficult? Make the decision. Just do it. So listen, I'm telling you, if you're going to solve problems, I know this sounds very simple on that, but you got to make a decision. Stop trying to make the perfect decision. Yes, stay with it. Try to get it to its best form. But at the end of the day, you got to pull the trigger. You got to make the decision. And listen, you've got to get a result to improve a result. So stop waiting for the final, you know, version of this thing on the very first try. Listen, just get a result. Make a decision. I mean, it may not be perfect 100%. I mean, who whoever can know exactly what to do? We don't have a crystal ball. None of us know every solution to every problem on the front end. I mean, we're just, you know, taking our best guess and best data research and what our gut says, and we're stepping out. We're making our best decision. But it's okay. It's the companies that are willing to make a decision and then just go back and maybe tweak and evolve that decision that grow and grow and grow into the future. Stop trying to look for the final result on the very first try. Listen, it's a process. Again, it's progressive. So listen, you've got to be bigger than your problem. You've got to you know, not be afraid to make a decision. Quit living in fear of making the wrong decision. Just make a decision and then be quick to evaluate that decision and figure out, is it working? Is it not? What do we need to change? What do we need to tweak? Be humble enough to say, hey, we may have gotten it a little wrong. We got to go back to the drawing board. It's okay. In fact, I'll argue it's the organizations that are quick, not in a hurry, but quick to make a decision. And then they evaluate it and they pivot as fast as they can if they made the wrong one. They're okay with that. That's what keeps them successful. Listen, if you can make a decision and then go back and change it before your competition ever even made the first decision, you're always going to be one step ahead of the game. It's those that are nimble, that are quick, that are agile, that can move fast, not in a hurry, right? Or, or not rushing it, but being quick, lead with speed. You're making quick decisions, not rash decisions, but quick and you're willing to step out because you're willing to, to go back and evaluate it, change it if necessary, figure it out, or run with it and keep improving it. But I want to challenge you, outlast your problems by being quick to figure them out. Don't sit with them forever. I know I said stay with it. Again, stay with it and let it sit, but not so long that you don't make a decision finally. All right, so five steps there, guys. Listen, just to recap. Number one, five steps to solve any problem. Number one, deal with yourself first. Two, identify the problem. Three, bring others in so that you can solve it together. And then number four, stay with it. Get to the root. Think progressively. Don't be in a hurry. And then five, make a decision though. Make it, finally get there, and then you can begin to evaluate the decision. I'm telling you, that no matter what problem you're facing, if you apply these five steps, it is going to help you tremendously in your problem-solving ability. You are going to create value 
because you're going to be doing these things. You're going to be dealing with yourself, so you're going to bring your best self to it. You're going to be good at identifying the problem, knowing if it's a fence or a ham or how you've got to respond to it. You're going to get others involved in that. You're going to listen. You're going to bring others in and not try to be a creative Rambo, but you're going to be that uh, a collaborative kind of person that, 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 that works with creativity. You're going to uh, begin to stay with it. You're going to sit with it, let it marinate. You're going to think progressively. You're going to stick with the problem, and then you're going to finally make that decision, and you're going to step out and do it, and then you're going to evaluate that thing, and you're going to have to evolve it if you need to or go back and redo it, refresh it, whatever it is. But when you do that, I'm telling you guys, you are going to create so many solutions to your problems. So I hope this was valuable for you today. Again, I want to help you solve problems. I want you to be a great problem solver. Now, let me just make a little plug real quick. Listen, I work with a lot of organizations and a lot of individuals that are facing problems, challenges. I mean, they're figuring, trying to figure out how do I work with my team? How do I get delegation? How do we raise people up? How do we get people to be more productive? How do we get them to be better use of their time? How do we grow our business? How do we scale what we're doing? I mean, there's all kinds of things that I deal with with teams and that from a leadership perspective. And I'd love to add value. If you're facing some issues, some challenges in your organization, big, small, whatever, let me know. Reach out. I would love to be able to set up a time to connect with you, to talk about that or talk with with your team, whatever I can do to add value. Listen, my passion is leadership and being able to be a problem solver for leaders. So I want to challenge you, keep stepping out, keep going for it, uh, level up your leadership so you don't level out. Connect with me if there's something I can do to add value to you. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this. Again, if you've found value in this, go rate it. Uh, give it a review wherever you listen to. It's so helpful as people are listening to kind of validate the podcast. Remember to get the leader guide at johnbarrettleadership.com. And guys, I'll see you next time on the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. Hey, level up. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit www.johnbarrettleadership.com. Oh, 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 oh